when I watched the movies, my dad didn't have the experiences that some of the drug kingpins had. He never, I never seen him get arrested. Nobody ever attacked him. He never got robbed. Nobody ever shot at him. So as a young child, you're like, well, what we're taught is that if you do bad, God punishes you, right? Spiritually, that's how, you know, you hear a lot of people say that in different religions, that if you don't align with life a certain way, God punishes you. I never seen my father punished physically. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's the internal piece, yeah. which that's a whole other conversation. But I never seen it happen externally. So I started to believe that the way that I was living was actually correct. And so for me, conflict was when you got in the way of what I was taught to do. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men, this way. Do you just hate conflict? Did you know that conflict can actually build trust with your intimate partner, but also with other men, but only when done well? And have you ever seen conflict done well? Well, in this episode, my guest is Arjuna O'Neill, and he and I mine these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. Arjuna O'Neill is one of the wisest men I know, truly, and he and I have definitely been in conflict with each other. You see, Arjuna and I have been in the same men's group for going on about four years now, and if not for the container of this men's group... He and I come from such different backgrounds that we would just not have had the opportunity to get to know each other in the way that we have these past four years. Arjuna grew up on the dangerous east side of Detroit, the son of a notorious drug dealer. He was also raised in the Hare Krishna sect of Hinduism. I grew up in the Washington, D.C. suburbs of Maryland in a community that was built to be racially integrated, but that still had its racial problems. I was only four years old when I once called one of my black neighbors, a kid probably only four or five himself, the N-word. I have no idea where I heard that word or what made me think to use it, but use it I did at four years old, and this kid proceeded to whoop my ass that day. I'll never forget his name. It was Carlton. It was perhaps one of the best things that ever happened to me. Not that I promote violence between four-year-olds. I'm just saying it was a lesson I've never forgotten. Anyway, our men's group is 13 men strong, and there ain't a pushover among us. It's full of successful men's coaches, life coaches, talented and successful artists and community leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners, military veterans. we got a former police officer in there, a few celebrities even. We've got black men, white men, mixed men, Asian men. Conflict happens, and yet it's one of the things that I love most about our little crew. It's because we always come through it stronger. Arjuna and I talk about that today, and Arjuna shares how experiencing conflict in our group, and specifically with me, has been one of the most interesting and healing experiences of his life. And I'm not bragging here. I mean, my feisty and fiery moments of unskillfulness are often what contribute to conflict arising in the first place. Arjuna and I have been wanting to talk about this on my podcast for some time, and I'm thrilled we finally got the chance. 
But real quick, before we dive in, I want you to know that Elevate 2023, that's my year-long coaching journey for men committed to thriving in every domain of life, is now open for enrollment. I'm only inviting 10 men to go through all of 2023 with me personally on an adventure of a lifetime. Now, who's this for? It's for you if you've achieved some level of success, yet you still feel unfulfilled. Or you're simply seeking a greater level of fulfillment than you now have. This is for you if you're committed to rising above the distractions and compulsions that are sabotaging you from living your fullness as a man. If you're done trying to lone wolf it through life, this is for you. If you're stuck in some critical area and you're ready for a breakthrough or you know you need to be challenged and supported by other men, to help move you along on the journey of becoming the man you were born to be, this is for you. Essentially, this is for you if you are committed to thriving in every area of your life. If you're a man who knows there is more beauty, more depth, more satisfaction, more fulfillment, more truth to be experienced than what you are currently experiencing, this is for you. It includes personal coaching with me throughout the entire year alongside a select group of solid men going through this year with you. We'll also meet in person for a five-day retreat in a beautiful nature spot. Through this experience, these men and I will become your brothers for life. You will be challenged to go beyond your comfort zone and you will be celebrated when you succeed or even when you fail, but you did the thing you were afraid of. Because this coaching experience isn't just about making more money or having more sex or achieving more of anything, only to still feel that void that just haunts us men. No, it's about each of us stepping more deeply into our courageously authentic selves and more fully offering our gifts to our loved ones, our families, our communities, and the world whatever that looks like for you. In fact, listen to some of the words of men who enrolled in our year-long Elevate 2022 coaching adventure. I feel like I'm a different person. I see the world in a different, through a different lens. It says never too late, but I wish I would have done this uh, 20 years ago. (laughs) I'm 48 years old now. I wish I would have done that 20 years ago. My experience in Elevate 2022 has been one of the most enlightening, emotional, spiritual journeys that I have been on in my life. I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of retreats, a lot of, you know, self-help, self-inner work. And this had so many amazing different elements to it. It was something I think that I, I don't know. I didn't know that I needed it, but I've but I've needed it. So if their words inspire you or this experience intrigues you, get the details and apply at brianreeves.com slash elevate. It's brian with a Y, reeves.com slash elevate. Now, this isn't for everyone, but if you have an inkling it might be for you, apply now. Just take the next step. This could be one of the greatest gifts you ever give yourself the gift of brotherhood with extraordinary men. Again, go to brianreeves.com slash elevate for details and to apply. 
All right, back to my conversation with Arjuna O'Neill. Now, one last thing. You'll notice Arjuna's mic is a bit muffled, and my editor did her best work to work with it, but I apologize if that gets in the way of your listening pleasure. But I say don't let it get in the way of your listening because Arjuna has profound and essential things to share, and I think this is a really important conversation about conflict between men. Now, take a deep breath. And stay present with us all the way through to the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. My man Arjuna O'Neill. Wow, what a what a privilege and an honor it is to have you back on Men This Way, man. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. We are in a unique container, you and I. Wouldn't you say? In our, <laughs> our little man cave elite family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have had the truly, man. When I use the word privilege, I mean, I, I mean it in the in the in the in the just the truest sense of the word. Like it is an honor. I, I am a lucky, lucky man to be able to be in conversation with you to to uh, on a consistent basis to be in this group of men with you, uh, going all the damn places we go. You know the conflicts that arise learning to navigate conflicts and that arise in a group of 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 what are we i think we're are we we're 13 men i think yeah to know more of your story and the more i know you we've been doing this for a few years now and and just learning more and more of your story yeah uh yeah brother it is it is truly man i, I feel truly blessed just want you to know that thank you brian thank you for those reflections uh yeah it's been an honor as well to just learn and navigate myself through the eyes and perspective of uh, the men that we have uniquely been paired with to share life, share the journey and all the yeah. things. So uh, sentiment is mutually received and mirrored back. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Now, Arjuna, you have an extraordinary life story and um, we, we aren't even gonna be able to barely scratch the surface. In, in our conversation today. And, and it's not entirely what we're here for in any case. I might just have you on someday just to tell your life story because it, it, it truly is extraordinary, man. And the more I learn of you, the more I just am moved by what you've been through, man. And, and not just been through, but what you've overcome and, and, and to, be, to become the man that you are today. But in the, in the aim of helping our listeners learn more about you, tell us something about a significant event or experience in your early life or, or forces that shaped you, that, that played a fundamental role in shaping you as a man? I think something that I could speak to, you know, we all have a story, but I think something that really stands out to me that be unique is to be born and raised in the Hare Krishna faith, right? As a, a man of color, uh, this specific practice, religion comes from India. And so to be rooted on the east side of Detroit, one of the uh, most notorious areas of the city, and to be identified as a, what we would say a, a black Hindu, you know, mm -hmm. it was very interesting to be placed in that uh, demographic. You know, uh, if you're not familiar with the Hare Krishna, you know, you can Google and just to get a better visual glimpse of the way uh, we dressed at the time and, and the, the aesthetic and what the mission was. Uh, it did, definitely did not align <laughs> with the uh, 
location and just the demographic of people that I was raised around, family, culturally, and all the things. So that that was a, a unique experience to be raised uh, with a religion that focused on a completely different sector and belief and mindset of the world and culturally. And then try to, as a young boy, navigate that, integrate that with the east side of Detroit and other cultural challenges that were already there for me. Uh, my father being part of one of the biggest drug errors at that time and integrating all of that. So uh, you talk about conflict. Uh, because you got, you got your mom. So if I understand your, your mom was the, the, the woman, the person that brought you into the Hare Krishna experience. Actually, it was my father. Oh, it was and your so, father. And so that's what makes it so unique. When See, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. So there's so much about you, man. I'm still learning. No, it's all good. And, and, I, and I think that's what makes it so unique because you don't usually hear stories like this. And that's the plot twist. It's like, wait, your dad introduced your mom into the faith. But at the same time, you're saying he was part of one of the biggest drug air organizations at that time in the 80s in Detroit. Right? And it's right. like, well, well what is he doing there and doing there, right? It's yeah. Like, and so it was like spirituality in, in, in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Because I know, you know, you've shared with me in the past your, and I know this is, I'm not divulging anything private. I mean, your, yeah. your, your, your father had you involved in the, the drug game at a, at a young age. Yes. Eve, and, uh, and, and he had you in the Hare Krishna religious spiritual movement. <laughs> <laughs> His 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 philosophy was yeah. Monday through Saturday, you know, we, we we hit the streets. Sunday we offered it all to God. Like, <laughs> wow. and it's interesting because as yeah. a kid growing up, you watch some of the the, the, the mafia movies, and depending yeah. on what part of uh, Central America, right? They they there was the certain beliefs that spiritually that you could do sacrifices and and, and worship and prayers around the lifestyle that you live. So as I got a little older, I was looking at that. I was like, man, I wonder if he actually believed that this was okay. Because he would say it to me, like, you know, on Sundays, we, we actually offer, <laughs> you know, yeah, the experiences to God with love and devotion. And that would, like, purify our hearts and rectify our doings. Well, it's wild. It, it really underscores the, our human ability to hold to be in contrast with our own selves. Was it, was it, yeah. was it Walt Whitman or E.E. E. Cummings, one of those poets that said um, uh, something, there's a famous thing he said, um, something like, uh, you say I contradict myself? Well, so be it. I contradict myself. I contain multitudes. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, and what, a, what an incredible representation of that in your father and in your yeah. upbringing as a child and these straddling these two very, very different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, lost them randomly uh, in 2020, God rest his soul. And now that there is the physical separation, you know, I, I step back and, and I reflect sometimes on, on just the, the way he did things and the lifestyle that I, I lived. And, you know, there is a part of us, you know, just the human in us where you can feel abandoned, hurt and, the way you see life through your own perspective and the choices that you would make, you know, especially from the parenting side, me being a parent myself now. But I also look back too, and I step back and I and I take myself out of the the story as the individual, and I just look at it from the perspective of just the way the world is moving, based on what you just said in, in the beginning of how the times were in. 
And I'm also seeing too, where I've, this has helped me with the internal conflict and we'll go more into that, but seeing how the way I labeled my father, the stories, the experiences and put so much attachment and identity to, to those experiences, but also stepping back and taking myself out of it and seeing like, mm, did he do something that was, of course, there's the part of oh, that's, how could he, he was a drug dealer or all the bad things. But then when you step out of it and you look around and just see the way the world is moving, it's like, well, did he actually do something that was so profound in a negative way, right? When you think about some of the, the, the big organizations that move drugs around the world and all the things. And so when I, did, when I was able to allow myself to just step out of it from that perspective, I chuckled a little bit. I was like, hmm, I'm giving this way more meaning and feeling than probably it even requires or, or even deserves. You know, I, I'd love to learn more about, or, or, I mean, I, you've, you've shared some things with me about your relationship with your father that are just, I mean, just will never leave me. Yeah. And, you know, you and I are, we want to explore conflict. You know, you and I, yeah. we, we just background wise, we come from dramatically different backgrounds. I'm a, I'm a white yeah. kid from the, from the suburbs of DC and Baltimore. Now I grew up in a racially integrated ish community. It was intended yeah. to be racially integrated. So I had, you know, I had, you know, black and brown and Indian children living in my neighborhoods. I just, I didn't know that that was something a lot of the, co the country didn't do, but still, you know, I grew up, the worst thing that I ever had to be afraid of was, I don't even think I saw marijuana until I was in high school, you know, <laughs> like I didn't, never saw a gun. Just the worst thing I ever had to be afraid of was maybe, you know, getting beat up after school by a bully or something. That's it. And even yeah. that was pretty, yeah. pretty rare and you grew up um in detroit man yeah. in immersed in 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 a, in a culture of, of 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 drugs and violence and and now here you and i are in a men's group together for the last three four years right you know and we've had our moments of yeah. of conflict yeah and you know one of the things that you've reflected back to me a lot is that I maybe I take a little bit for granted just because of the privilege of my upbringing i just didn't grow up around a lot of people weren't dealing with conflict so much, but also it just wasn't that present. Yeah. Right. So you've reflected mm -hmm. back to me that, that you've, that you've really, the way that we've done conflict in our group has been, has been really enlightening yeah. for you and yeah. healing in many ways. Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious, take us more into your experience around conflict growing up, you know, with your father in, in the, in the neighborhood where you grew up. I mean, how, how was conflict? How did people orient around conflict there? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I also, I love the question, Brian. And I also just want to preface this as I did for your answer today. I feel now looking back that conflict is subjective, right? Mm -hmm. According to what, the way you grew up and the way I grew up. Fair enough. When somebody hears my story, it's like, wow. But at the same time, your experiences, even though they were nothing like mine, the conflict could be just underneath the word or the yeah. experience. The feeling could be just as detrimental or hurtful or painful or whatever it is. But well, I think I think if just to, to, to you're absolutely right. There was conflict all around me, but the stakes yeah. of the conflict were death wasn't really present in the stakes. Yeah, and I, and, and the reason why I say that because I've talked to friends, you know, even growing up where I, I would share conflict on the east side, but then I would have someone else uh, share an experience that was nothing like mine. So being in a hard Christian uh, faith, for, for example, the religion, right? 
Well, I had friends that had family back in India and they would share some of the things that was happening. And I was like, whoa, that's a whole nother, for me, I was like, wow, yeah. that's a whole nother level of conflict, right? Mm. The way they dealt with certain things, mm -hmm. systematically, bureaucratically, right? From, mm. from the hierarchy, I was like, wow, right? That's something that you have no control over. In my upbringing, this is the things that we're controlling. We have some sort of a control over our behaviors, our actions, things like that, that we go out and do amongst ourselves, right? So I hear what you're saying. And then there's also, for me, the conflicts that I encountered uh, as a young boy growing up, you know, a lot of the conflict, it necessarily wasn't conflict. It was, it was, a, it was like a way of being. It was just how things happened. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see it as conflict until maybe years later, once I realized, oh, I get to participate in this. I actually have a say in how this unfolds. Because until then, before I had a voice in it, it was like, oh, this is normal. This is what happens. This and is what everybody's. Like, what do you mean? What was normal? Okay, so yeah, thank you. To, to step outside, right? In a neighborhood that was labeled as a certain type of neighborhood, certain type of things happened, there was certain protocol, right? So it, it, in, in, in that, you went with the flow. You knew if you went over here, this specific group of people will meet you with a certain presentation about life, <laughs> right? Like, hey, you come over here, you're not from over here, whatever you have belongs to us. We have the right to take that from you, mm. right? Or if you go over here, this is how we do things. We have the right to impose whatever our beliefs are on you, mm. right? And so with that understanding and that being just a cultural dynamic, it didn't seem out of the norm. It was like, hey, if you go over there, you know this is expected. So mm. prepare yourself before you <laughs> right. go over there. Yeah. And if you go, you chose that. Right. Right. So that was my understanding of just how the world worked in that city and not leaving it. So it seemed normal, not seeing anything outside of that. But now as I'm getting a little older and I'm going to the, the temple, mm. right? I'm being exposed to different cultures. So in the Hare Krishna faith, it's an international Hare Krishna faith, right? All over the world. So there's people, we welcome people from all walks of life. So now I'm seeing different behaviors, different people that look different ways, think different ways, food, dress, all of this. So now I'm starting to look at things a little differently. Like, wait a second, I live like this. I'm a part of this religious group, but they're not dealing with some of the things that I'm dealing with. So now I'm questioning things. You know, I'm starting to ask questions, ask my dad questions. And it was always cleaned up with a very spiritual, elaborate text or a quote that he would say and dress it up so uh, harmoniously, making, making it sound right. But I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. And the way his lifestyle looked, I didn't see conflict. When I watched the movies, my dad didn't have the experiences that some of the drug kingpins had. He never, I never seen him get arrested. Nobody ever attacked him. He never got robbed. Nobody ever shot at him. Mm. So as a young child, you're like, well, what we're taught is that if you do bad, God punishes you. Mm. Right? Spiritually, that's how, you know, you hear a lot of people say that in different religions, that if you don't align with life a certain way, God punishes you. I never seen my father punished physically. Mm-hmm. Right? course there's the internal piece yeah which that's a whole nother conversation but i never seen it happen externally so i started to believe that the way that i was living was actually correct and so for me conflict was when you got in the way of what i was taught to do conflict is when i get in the way of what you were taught to do yes. so like i come to the arjuna o'neill neighborhood yes and i expect arjuna o'neill to show up in a different way than arjuna o'neill may show up we have conflict yes. We got conflict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
That makes sense, man. Yeah. Yeah. What did your father teach you about conflict? What did you learn from him? Maybe not overtly, but but even just through osmosis or maybe overtly. Conflict wasn't ongoing. And let me explain. If you had a situation with anyone, you addressed it in that moment. You didn't argue with someone and then we'll circle back tomorrow or next week. Mm. Right? If you didn't like me, if I didn't like you, you didn't like the way I did things, Brian. Like you said, you came to the Arjuna-O'Neill neighborhood and mm. we had a disagreement on something. One of us didn't leave without <laughs> one of us knowing that either it's your way or my way. Right. right. But okay. we didn't revisit this two days from now. Right. We handled it. So that was what he taught me, that conflict is dealt with in the moment. And there's one way after that. It made the best man win. Mm. So it, so it's not a it's not like a third way is created through the conflict. It is either I'm going to win this or you're going to win this. What, yes. Yeah. No other alternative. There was no like, you know, let's see what we do now. That's why I appreciate you so much. Right? Now, I just want to say this real quick before I lose it, because I, I wanted to say it earlier. You're the first human that I've ever had a healthy, healthy conflict with. Wow. As a man. First, and I think I told you that I was like, I've, I've never had conflict with a man and address it the way me and you did. That's why I have so much love and appreciation for you. Mm. My first experience of healthy conflict, because I didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that takes two, man. I mean, I can't have healthy conflict by myself with somebody, you know, who doesn't want to do healthy conflict. So, you know, that's the that's the beautiful thing about it, it is, yeah. it, it, is it is a dance. It, it isn't my way or your way. Yeah. It's okay okay some shit just rose up how can we be with this how can yeah, we yeah. work through this take take you know i mean i remember that moment is it okay if we talk about that moment a little Man, bit you, you you know i love it you know that's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i love to do let's talk yeah, about let's it. let's go at it so um i recall i don't even remember what we were talking about it might have been i think it might have been during the george floyd protests or i was you know we were we were all you know so you and i we're in a, we're in a, a men's group that we we mm-hmm. we talk we connect with each other by video chat almost every day more or right. less like like it's pretty daily and i don't remember exactly what the conflict was but i do remember i told you i said fuck you I remember yeah. those words yes. and I was responding to something that I felt like I felt, uh, I just, you said something that made me angry. I felt unseen mm-hmm. and then what, what was underneath it was, I just felt unseen. I felt, uh, dismissed. I felt like, okay, he's, he is ignoring what's important to me in this conversation and saying it in a way that doesn't feel good. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't handle it well. Fuck you is not a healthy response. <laughs> I'm going to own that. <laughs> right. But you know, I'm a bit of a hothead. That's how it kind of comes out sometimes. Just a quick yeah. little, man, fuck you. I think it was kind of, man, yeah. fuck you. That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, I don't remember the specific step-by-step process, but I do, I do remember at least understanding that what I had just said to you is, is, is not okay. It, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said it. And I need to also walk that back. I need to own yeah. what just what I just said, what came out of my mouth, because I can't just drop that on the table and act like, okay, see that that's my way, right? Here it is my way. <laughs> Fuck you, we do yeah. it this my way. That, that, that ain't healthy conflict. <laughs> right? Yeah. And right. so I do I do remember, and I don't remember exactly me and, and I'd love to hear your your experience of it, but I remember just kind of walking that back and saying, look, man, I you know, I didn't mean I don't again, I don't remember the words, yeah, but I owned it. 
took I did you know I I I kind of left it on the table but also took it back and yeah. so like I need you to know that fuck you what you just said <laughs> I need you to know <laughs> fuck you and though I don't really mean it that way and then they walked that back and yeah, so what, what what was your experience of that I love it man I love it it was interesting because from the share that we had had I was like well hold on I don't I don't think Brian really wants to do this the way I'm hearing it. <laughs> Fuck you. Because the way you dropped it in was more like, it had a little more oomph to it. Okay, <laughs> fair you, enough. Because you're not in that state right now. So right, it, it exactly. sounds, but you were in that state. I, and I realized I had triggers, right? And the moment you, but what I want to say is the moment you did say, Fuck you, I understood where it came from. Like it helped me see the way I came at you based on the tone and the, the energy that came with it. And so then it made me present with the situation. Usually, you know, we have conflict. You hear somebody say something that goes back and forth. But this was different because I had, it was a relationship that we were developing, learning each other, the space that we were in. And I think we were the first. We were the, we were the pioneers of conflict in, in, our, in, our, in our space, in our group. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard you say it, I was like, based on what Brian shared with me, this ain't really the life that he's, or at least he didn't live that way. Or I'm like, unless he's changing now and wanting to wait till he became a full grown man to go there. But I'm like, I don't think so. I'm like, I don't. So it made me want to check back in. And I, and what happened was the way I checked back in, I still allowed you the space to own it. I was yeah. like, hey, either. Yeah. And you were like, well, I could feel there was a party that was like, hey, hold on. Actually, I don't mean it, but I mean, I didn't set it in. I saw me like where it's kind of like that, that, that kind of felt good to, to own that, for, you know, to be <laughs> able to say it to another man, but understand that, look, I said it, but I don't, it doesn't have to go the way we see things happen in the world. Yeah. And for me, that was the actual beauty because where I come from and the, the, the protocol and the values and the, the way the system worked that I was raised, that was all bets are off. Yeah. Like from here on out, it's like, okay, now we get to do. The actions, <laughs> what we need to right. do to and, figure out who walks yeah. away from this, right? Yeah, but what I got to experience for the first time, I'm not dealing with the situation that I'm used to, right? This is the first time I actually experienced options. I was like, wait, there's actually an option because usually where I come from, there is an option. Once you go there, it's like you said, there's either gunplay or one of us isn't leaving this room. Mm. But based on the space, the nature, consciousness, the evolution of myself, the work. I was like, wait, there actually is an option here. And if I can really call you my brother, I was like, yeah, we get to do it a different way. That was where I, I for me, was like enlightenment. Yeah. And that's why I was like, wow, I've never experienced conflict in this way. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I remember, again, I don't remember all the little details of it, but I do remember you just, you know, dancing with me beautifully in that, man. It was a, yeah. it was a beautiful moment for me too, because I, again, I know I can be, I can be a bit of a hothead, I've, I've lost a friend, probably just one that I can think of who could not, who could not dance with me in that fuck you, Yeah. who could not hear my apology, who could not hear my deep yearning to, to, to bridge the gap between us and, and mm -hmm. to own my part and, but not excuse his, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 uh, that friend, he couldn't, he couldn't go there. I mean, he was, he was young, he was early twenties. And I, I still hope that someday, you know, when, when he, when he grows up, he'll, he'll be able to come back to a conversation with me, but you know, to, to date, he just, he couldn't get over the fuck you. And yeah. look on some level, I, I understand that. 
But I will say, man, the, the men that I am ride or die with for life, like you want to be in my inner circle. I'm sorry. We have to be able to dance through the fuck you. Yeah. Because I'm going to say some things sometimes that, that even with good intentions are not, are, are going to cross a line for you. And you're going to, you're going to come at me with, yo, back the fuck off, man. That's basically what, you know, fuck you is basically back the fuck off. You went too far. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can't work through that, when that happens, then that's, that's, I, I don't, I think that's a very fragile friendship. Yeah. I, yeah. And I love that because to have the, the, the heightened level of testosterone in those moments and, and the masculine, whatever you were raised to believe about it in your own uh, <clears throat> identity. I think this is how we find ourselves in our masculine side or in our uh, ways of expressing what it means to be a man, from your experience and from mine. But also what I noticed too, in that conflict exchange between me and you, it allowed me to start to see all the conflict that was going on within myself. Mm. That's where I thought it was so profound and beautiful because I was like, I started asking myself, why did Brian's fuck you land the way it did? Why did it stir up so much in you, Arjun? Why, you know, why was it all bets off? Or why do you feel that, you know, it's important to address this in a way, but in a healthy way, mm -hmm. right? It, it made me look at our society. It made me look at how the world is moving around the fuck you. That, yeah. you know, when I don't agree, with someone, right? And I was yeah. like, man, even if this never goes viral, I was like, you get to change history through just you and this man's interaction. And even if it's just me and you that only talked about this. And what I also thought was was interesting and amazing was that we we resolved it virtually like this. But then I was like, hey, if we ever see each other again in person, we need to do the the physical. Mm. And we were the first me seeing you for the first time after that, you know, it was like, okay. All right, now we get to do it one more time just to, the, for the body, the nervous system, because there is a part of it where, you know, you had to, I had to relive the experience and then tell myself that it, I needed to feel that energy with you in real time that, hey, that was actually a real moment. It's over. You did heal it, right? Not just, hey, we said it, the words went, I needed to feel that in your presence. And once we did that, I, I feel like our relationship from that next minute, I'm at your house, we're hanging out, we're on hikes, you know, we're, we're yeah. breaking bread together, watching movies together. I was like playing drums together. I was like, wow, if we could just show men this shit. Mm -hmm. Not just men. And I was like, well, what if the world could just see that? Because there's so much conflict moving. And then we don't even, I don't even think what I'm experiencing is that when we see conflict outside of ourselves, we don't even see the conflict that arises within ourselves. Yeah. What happened for me is to, as I just, I have more, I, my trust in you grows exponentially because all right i'm like fuck we can get through anything together like we can get through shit like because I, I i'm not gonna be perfect i'm gonna be messy yeah. sometimes i'm gonna make mistakes yeah. i'm gonna say the, the stupid thing i'm gonna i'm gonna have an opinion that you disagree with that maybe even offends you and yeah. knowing though that we can work through that in a way that even if it's messy for a minute that at least we can get to the other side and we can help each other feel safe in the in the, in our relationship again yeah oh man lifetime i could do that for a lifetime you know yeah. i could trust in that relationship for a lifetime and you know i love that about our 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 collective our little 13 man brotherhood yeah because you see we're a lot of we're a lot of colorful personalities in there and strong opinionated people and we don't all yeah. think the same no <laughs> you know we got we got men from all kinds of 
backgrounds. I mean, celebrities and former military and, and Every, uh, we got all of it, man. We got, you know, poor white dudes from Oregon and, <laughs> you know, middle-class white kids from, from Maryland, you know, black kids from Detroit and, and yeah. Englewood and, and, you know, I mean, all, that's all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like we have a container of what the world says doesn't work together. Right. Yeah. Right. What, well, not the world, let's say society, at least in America, what society says, right. this group, right. you'll never see intertwined and met and sharing and working through life this way. Right? And yeah. we're like, actually, it can be done. It can be done. And, and beautifully so. I mean, my life is yeah. so enriched by the presence <laughs> of you men that did not grow up yeah. where I grew up. And do not yeah. have the experiences that I have and the things that you're going through. Like, I know, I know, you know, you, you've, um, and, and make, please make, tell me if this is okay to share, but I know your, yeah. your son, your son has been in jail for some time, yeah. now, you know, and yeah. as you've been working through that and, and working with, um, you know, trying to be a, a strong presence for him. And, you know, I've been able to look, I've read books. On, yeah. on black men's experience in the prison system. And I, I get it. I get the injustice of it from, from a distance. Yeah. But to be in brotherhood with a man who has lived and is now living it yeah. is a whole other level. It gives me a whole other level of compassion and understanding about an experience that affects, you know, damn near the entire black community. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, if we're going to live together and in, in, in this country and, and make laws and find our way and, and, and keep our children safe, we need to know what's happening for each other. Yeah, yeah, we do. And, and you know, what I got to experience is something that you normally don't see is the way you personally responded to that, the way you stepped into that, the way you supported me in that, right? And that's what's so beautiful because I feel like the way we move in society is like, if I don't come from where you come from, then there's not really too much I can offer you. Like, mm -hmm. if I don't know your background, oh, if I didn't live that experience, and there's only so much that I could do. But actually, when you take away the, the, this part of it, the skin right? color, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and 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 the identity, you know, and just connect human to human, there's limitless ways we could uh, mm -hmm. rally and and support each other and be alliances and and all the different things. You know, for me. It's something that I can truthfully share with my son, right? mm -hmm. where I get to break the stereotype, because there is there is the truth, right? There is the things that we're seeing uh, of men of color, where there are the injustices. But I also get to give him another story with that, not just hey, this is the way the system sees us. Okay, well there is a system that's built this way that works like this, but there's also men that look just like the people who made it, who don't feel the same way. I can literally say that I actually have had support you know, care someone who may not you don't even know yet cared about your life enough Let, let's talk about this this new project you've embarked on what, what you're calling yeah. it takes heart it takes heart initiative that's yeah. right yeah L let's talk about that because i think that's really interesting you, you shared yeah. with us that your um I'll, I'll let you describe it what, what is that yeah. project well so for me growing up the matters of the heart first of all you know, when the heart is closed, they say, you know, uh, it blocks the energies of abundance, blessings, all the good things that we want in our life. And my connection 
to the hardest when I was shot at 19. When I was you laying there dying. Earlier. Yes. And I was hitting the Fermari when I was bleeding out. And the mind abandoned me, panicked all the things. And my heart was the only thing reminded me based on how it was still working. It, the sound of it. And it let me know that even though you're dying, I am not quitting on you. And I always share this, this little analogy where the heart, or I'll ask, when has your heart ever called you stupid or shamed you for a, a relationship that didn't work out or you didn't see the flag or whatever the thing? Heart always is there and it keeps coming back for more. Mm. So it wasn't until I was shot that I had this awareness of the heart. But before that, the connection for most inner city men or men of color who come from the struggle, our relationship to the heart isn't from a healthy or positive dynamic. It's usually connected to a negative or a more toxic situation. So it's like it takes heart, you know, to go do your, your sentence if you get incarcerated. Mm. Or it takes heart to stand up against the bullies on the other side of the bridge. Mm. Right. Or it takes heart to go out in the street and punch a man's brains out. Right. Or whatever. So my connection to the heart was always around something that didn't serve. Mm. Meanwhile, we're supposed to connect. Meanwhile, supposed to be humans with emotions and feelings and all these things. So I wanted to bridge the gap, first of all. And I wanted to retell the story of the heart. And I wanted to give men who come from a more rough exterior background that it's through the heart all the things that you want to change now about your life and all the things that you, you're a parent now, or you want to create a business, you want to do these things, but that it takes heart. And the heart has to be invested in the things that we do. Cause if not, the mind is only going to stay in it for so long. So the next thing shows up or to the next story comes up. Right? So I said, wow, what if we created a platform, an initiative, a community, a, a legacy of it takes heart because all the things that you do, the way you are able to show up in your marriage and the books you write and the way you lead, it takes heart. The work that you call, right? the work that we're called to do, it takes heart. And we're just showing that anyone with a heart and willingness can help change another heart, can help heal another heart. And speaking of hearts, we're talking about men in particular. right? And I wanted to give men who come from my background who are deep in it, because when I was deep in it, I didn't believe anyone outside of my circumstance gave a fuck. And that's what it can feel like. Whatever your situation is, relationship, whatever your struggle is, you're deep in it, it doesn't feel like anybody cares and it feels like you're the only person in it. So I was like, you know what? What if we create an initiative? Maybe you didn't come from my background, but you have enough heart, care, and concern just for the human side of me, regardless of what my story is and what I've been through or done, that I still care about your heart. And so... We created, uh, I created the sponsorship scholarship where we sponsor men who we see based on statistics and what's just happening that are taking their lives, depression, all the different things that are coming up. And I'm using uh, this opportunity to connect and help these men, mostly they're between the ages of 16 to 25, who are deep in it and see that, hey, even though nobody may come down in these boroughs and say, hey, you matter, I'll bring those voices to you. I'll put those voices over you and let you see, and then let them see, like you said, we need to know these things. So we get to bridge the gap and we also get to heal one heart at a time. So if, so if I'm, if I'm listening to this yes. and I'm, I'm intrigued by what you're sharing and yes. I want to sponsor, I, I want to contribute. Yes. What do I need to know? There's two things. Uh, the way this is working is uh, we are building it out 
it's, it's a new initiative, first of all, I just want to make that very clear. So things are, are being added and being flushed out as we go. But two things, uh, you can sponsor one person or you can be an ongoing sponsor where depending on whatever you, your budget is and how you want to work with it, you can continue to sponsor. And we're also working on the nonprofit status of this initiative. So there, it, you know, you can do all the things as far as legality and taxes. Right, yeah. But also uh, it will be in my Instagram, which is Arjuna underscore O'Neill and the link tree bio, uh, where you can click the link, it'll give you all the information. And so the idea is if you are a sponsor, what we're asking anyone who sponsors is just to share a short 30 second video of why you felt called to make that connection. And so I'm, I, I sponsor someone with money. So I'm putting yes. money down. What, yes. What's, what's then happening? So from that sponsor, these men, can get the type of mental and emotional support that most people can afford to get. So these are, uh, first of all, these are people who wouldn't go to a therapist or a clinic because of through the system, it's a different type of approach or a certain protocol. We don't really ask the questions and, and speak to the matters of the heart. So mm -hmm. it's, it's customized to actually make people feel seen and human and not be put in another box. Mm -hmm. It's to, to, to nurture the human in all of us as men. And so I, I offer a, a 60 minute, either in-person or via Zoom session for these men. Uh, you know, us being coaches, you know, our rates are usually, you know, unaffordable for people that come from, you know, low income communities and things of that nature. But I also understand that the shift and the change that we want to see in our world, these are the same humans that need the same support and care and love that we get. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm as a as a sponsor, I'm buying coaching sessions for men. Is it men only or women as well? Right now, it's just men. Right between now, the just ages, men. Yeah, between the ages of sixteen to as old as who feels they need it. Yeah. But usually, uh, I, right now, the target range that I'm seeing come in is in an influx are from the age of sixteen to like thirty five. Yeah. I love that man because again, you know, coaching has been such a big part of my evolution and growth as a as a certainly as a man, but as a human. Yeah. And you know, when you shared this idea with us, I mean, it just was so evident that that these these young men in these communities, like you said, not not only do they not is therapy not really a viable path. I mean, for all kinds of reasons, I'm sure some I can't even imagine. I'm sure it's just yeah. it's a taboo. It's yeah. uh, it's frowned upon. I'm sure, you know, not to take any way, anything away from the therapists in those communities, but yeah, shit, I think there's, I think there are a few great therapists and a lot of bad yeah. ones, Yeah. but in the same, look in the coaching world too, there's a few great yeah. coaches and a lot of bad ones. Right. I'm not, I'm not pooing on therapy. I understand what you're saying. Cause it, it, for me, two things personally, while I'm connected to this, I had therapy, right? But the, it, what happens is I'm being talked to, or I'm working with someone who doesn't come from my background. So there's a lot that doesn't get covered. There's a lot of issues and things that really that I need to talk about that I can't share with you because you don't have that awareness or you don't even know to prompt that that question or emotion in me. So there's that. And then there's the fact that I'm living it in real time. Yeah. I got a 22-year-old son who, who needs the exact same support and love and care. And I'm seeing what is happening. So given that I share with you guys on in the group, by giving him that, his colleagues that are in jail with him they're receiving the benefits as well. Yeah. So I'm, I, I get to see in real time the value. Yeah. Well, I encourage anyone listening, please 
consider sponsoring, even if you just donate one one session, one coaching session uh, to a man. Yeah. Is there a link that you have right now that we could speak to? Yes, yeah, there is. I could uh, I can share it, and then you can put it in. Uh, but right now, just going through uh, my Instagram. Okay, but there is Instagram. a link. Yeah, but there is a link there. We'll, we'll have so we'll have it then in the in the actual show notes at brianreeves.com slash men this way podcast. We'll make sure that you can just click on the link because some people don't do Instagram. They, they, yeah, they, I they will it. find you there. I just want to ask one more one more question. Yeah. And then I finish with a with a lightning round of, of uh questions. Arjuna, what's one key insight? So we've we've had a we've had a a beautifully meandering conversation, a little bit of your life experience as a young man yeah. in in growing up straddling these two worlds like Harry Krishna and, and, mm -hmm. and Detroit street drug environment. You're, you're in my conflict, what happened for us mm -hmm. and how we navigated through that. I'd, I'd love to hear from you one, one key insight. When it comes to conflict, <laughs> what is one key insight that you could offer our listeners specifically related to conflict and how yes. to navigate conflict well that you believe would serve our listeners? One key insight to conflict that comes through for me is the conflict that I'm, I find myself attracted to or connected to has been the conflict that I've been battling with within myself up until this present moment. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. I mean, th th I, thinking back to that moment where I, the, the fuck you comes out, came, yeah. came out of me towards you, yeah. I know what was coming in for there. Again, it's just an old wound. I don't feel seen. You don't yeah. see me. That's an old wound that had nothing to do in the end. I mean, you just, it was just a detail that you were talking about. Yeah. It just triggered an old pain yeah. story from childhood, from, from yeah. feeling like unseen by my parents in many ways, my sisters, yeah. my peers feeling invisible. And then here comes Arjuna saying something, just saying yeah. a few sentences, all of a sudden I feel invisible again, fighting to be seen. Fuck you, man. See me motherfucker. Like I yeah. like that's the, the subtext yeah. is see me, see me, man. Yeah. yeah, but it comes out. Fuck you. So yeah. I, I love that. I think that's a, that's a really, really great insight that it is. It is a, a reflection of a conflict that I've been waging yeah. inside myself for a long time. And for me, the conflict was, Arjuna, how many people have you let say fuck you in different ways? Uh, so when I heard you say it, it brought up, it brought up all the fuck yous that you've allowed people to kind of uh, piss on you and uh, you never said anything. Uh -huh. Right. So, again, that's where I, it's the conflict that was, that I've been dealing with. So when you said it, boom, it was like, oh, all the fuck yous came up. Uh, Not yeah. just yours. You brought up all the fuck yous, dad, relationships, yep. interactions in the streets, all the things. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's beautiful, man. So that like the, that we could both go to that, to the brink of war, which is basically what happens in that moment. Subtle, yeah. but the brink yeah. of war. And it just takes one of, it just takes one of us to, to, to back off from that and saying, you know what? What I just said, not cool. I didn't, I didn't, my bad. Like, let me, let me walk that back because that's not where I'm trying to go with this. I mean, yes, I said it. I had a, had a moment of emotion of thought of this and that, which there's validity there, but, but the way that I delivered it, not cool. Let me back off. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, you know, and then you can, ah, okay. Right. All right. We don't have to go to war now. We can yeah. work through this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I say that because when I was incarcerated for two years, every day could have been conflict every day because there's 500 men with an issue. So what I learned from this healthy conflict is that when I address, I'm going to speak for me, when I address the internal conflict within me, if I see a version of that outside of me in the world, I no longer have to see it as conflict. 
right? Because I've, I've worked on it, I've resolved it. And there are some things that take a few lessons, but I also understand that, hey, this isn't just conflict, it's an opportunity to grow. And sometimes we make it about the other person, but I still need to teach that person the lesson. They can't do that. Well, yeah. I get to teach myself a lesson. The yeah. more shit that I can put down, the more shit that I can put down, the more shit that I can let go of, I can use that energy and that time to do things that I really love. I can put that energy into my kids. I can put that energy into my lady. I can put that energy into the gardens that I'm, I'm growing or whatever the thing is. You know, so it also, you know, for me, conflict is, is, is a way to really see where we are with our practices and tools that we're, we're watching these videos, we're taking courses, we're hiring coaches, we're doing all these things. You never know what you got until you have the experience. Beautifully said, man. All right. I'm experimenting with a new kind of lightning round at the end. You, 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 you want to play with me? Let's go. All right. And this is, um, you know, we men, especially, you know, we're talking about conflict. One of the things that comes up, you know, a lot of emotions can arise in conflict. And we, yes. one of the, I think one of the things that causes our conflicts to become unhealthy is we suppress those emotions. Uh, we resist them and they maybe explode out in unhealthy ways. So this, this last, this last lightning round, I need a better name for it, but right now I'm calling it your, your five core emotional triggers. And the five are this mad, sad, joy, fear. Those are four. And then the fifth one is kind of a choose your own shame or embarrassment, or just something that makes you want to hide from the world. So I'm going to ask yeah. you a question for each one okay. of those. Yeah. What makes you mad? When I experience an emotion or feeling that I, I can't move through it when I can't move through it in my body, like when it hits me and I, and I, and it just feels like I'm stuck. That makes me mad. Mm, interesting. Okay. Thank you. What makes you sad? When I think about sadness, it comes up for me uh, is when I can't allow myself to find the grace or the serenity to just say, Hey, it's okay. Right? When I can't love on myself in that moment, mm. I get sad. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. What makes you feel joy? Ah, when all cylinders are just firing off. When I realize that with like the first two, when I can move through it or when I can give myself the love and care and kindness that I, I know I deserve, that's joy for me. Right? That's joy. Beautiful. What makes you feel afraid or fear? Hmm. When I let the unknown, right, outweigh my higher self, my God self, the part of me that's not attached to this physical uh, manifestation. When I let the unknown override that there's so much more out there, there's a greater purpose of being here. Mm -hmm. That creates fear for me. Gotcha. And finally, and you choose what makes you feel either shame or embarrassment or just something that makes you want to hide. I'll go with shame. You know, because that's a powerful one, and a lot of us men deal with that. Uh, what makes me feel ashamed is when I take a story or an experience, right, as a human, and then I tell myself that only I have ever embarked on this experience, right? No one else in the world has ever experienced anything like mm. how could you, Archie? Mm, right. right. And then when you realize, you speak up, and you're like, there's a whole world of, of humans that are like, I can relate. Right. So I think it's, it's, it's where I go with the experience for myself. And the reason why I reflected on all these from inside is because it's easier 
to give me something out there before I look at me. So just to be, I wanted to make that perfect. That's why everything I hear was because it started with me. Right, an internal experience. Well, beautiful, man. Well, Arjuna, thank you so much. Before we conclude, where uh, can our listeners learn more about you and what you're up to? Right now, ArjunaO'Neill.com. Uh, but I'm more active and working through my Instagram channel right now. I have a podcast coming and a YouTube channel. So all that stuff will be in Instagram through the, the link tree. You're going to start a podcast? Yes. Oh, man. Good on you. Courage, courage to you, brother. This is a, this is a heavy lifting, man. From savage to saint. <laughs> From savage to saint. I yes. like that. Wow, that's rich. That's savage and saintly. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to can't wait to hear that. Yeah. My brother, Arjuna. As, as always, man, a pleasure and a privilege. Thank you so much for yeah. coming on to Men This Way. Uh, thank you for having me again. I look forward to hearing more from the audience and uh, just connecting. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to my dear friend, Arjuna O'Neill. You can find Arjuna at or his name, ArjunaO'Neill.com, A-R-J-U-N-A-O-N-E-A-L.com, but also on Instagram, and that's probably the best place to find him. It's at Arjuna underscore O'Neill. And do consider donating a free coaching session to a man who deeply needs it and who otherwise simply wouldn't have access to it. And you can do that at a link that I uh, hope uh, Arjuna will have on his Instagram page by the time you hear this. And if not, just DM him for instructions on how to do that. Of course, all these links and resources will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash podcast. Also remember, if you'd like to experience empowering transformational coaching with me, to help elevate your intimate relationship experiences or just elevate your life in some meaningful way, go to brianreeves.com slash elevate. That's brian with a Y, reeves.com slash elevate. And fill out the application on that page to get started on your coaching journey with me. Depending on when you hear this, we might be full, but no worries. Just fill out the application as there are other ways that we can work together to help get you where you want to go. Finally, please go write a review of this podcast on your podcast app. Doing so helps me immensely. It helps the show immensely. Uh, I don't have any sponsors for this show currently because I'm incredibly picky uh, about who I promote. And so your leaving a review helps bring uh, more people to this space, helps them uh, understand that this is a trustable space where we're having real important conversations here. So I deeply appreciate your uh, willingness to leave a review. Thank you. And of course, don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with a Y Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.